one of my favorite parts of Donkey Kong in pretty much any fashion before Donkey Kong Country. I just freaking love the theme song. Not the theme song, but the the Donkey Kong song where it just sounds so dark. Where it's like... This is episode 219 of the TryGames.net podcast. It is once again a sunny day in New York City after all the thunder and the lightning from yesterday, which was kind of gross. But it is gone now. It's nice and and chipper. It's going to come back tomorrow. Ah, fuck. So no outdoor basketball tomorrow. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's what they say. I mean, you might be able to just, you know, you can't sue anybody if you bust your ass. That is bonerific. Anyway, I'm your host, Austin. This is your host, Al. Say hi, Al. Hi, Al. What do we do here? <clears throat> we talk about video games. All right. Cool. All right. See ya. Later. Go talk about games. Well, actually, this episode, we're going to talk about Hacksaws. Um, a lot of hacking going on. Al has a full roster of all the random-ass shit that Lulzsec, or what, it's Lulzsec, right? That's full that's as responsible for all of it? Uh, yes. Or so they claim. Yeah, they... Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. But um, we also have a mailbag <laughs> question. Finally, what happened? I found more, but I'm not going to pull up a link for Are it. Are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, all right. And we have a mailbag question. And, of course, there is the shit that we've been playing and doing. So, Al. Hmm? Do you want to tell us what you've been playing slash doing, or do you want me to tell you what I've been playing slash doing? Uh, how about I really we start don't... with you? Okay, this time. let's break changing the mold. it up. Since you are you you are now running shit because you have the newsreel of the hacksaws. I am I your humble servant. Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure to serve you. That's not racist. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I don't know if I actually talked about Plants vs Zombies and trying to play it on my 3DS last week. I know I tried to pull it up on my phone. Um, maybe that was a week before. I don't know. It's all a blur. But um, it's uh, Plants vs. Zombies is Plants vs. Zombies. You can't really go wrong as long as the game works mechanically. But from a graphical standpoint, the the DSiWare version, or and I can't remember if it actually came out as a retail box copy. It did. It did? I was okay. going to actually ask you if you knew whether the retail copy, which is like 20 bucks is any better than the DSiWare version, which is what, like, eight bucks? Yeah, eight, eight or something. See, that's a that's a very good point, because, so, to clarify, I have the DSi version, the DSiWare version, and uh, from, you know, from a gameplay standpoint, it's fine. But yeah. from a visual standpoint, it's a pretty poor port. Um, I'm trying to... You know what? It, because of the frames of animation... And just, like, it, it really comes down to the frames of animation and just kind of the, the 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 resolution of the sprites, which is, you know, no fault of the game because the the DS resolution is what it is. But, yeah. I mean, if the way that I see it is take Plants vs. Zombies and put it on Game Boy Color and then add more color. 
That's what the that's what the animation feels like to me. Like it's like when you know when you see a, a um I forget what they call it, a pea shooter like just kind of yeah. sitting there on the grass and swaying back and forth and it's all like smoothly animated. That like animation is reduced to about 3 frames. So it it's very very noticeable. It's just like, you know, now left, middle, right, middle, left, middle, right. And it it just looks very choppy. Um, and then you have some of the zombies coming in with, like, two frames of animation in their walking animation. Um, and the, I think one of the most egregious ones is the zombie that has the, uh, pole vault. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, when he pole vaults, it's, like, two frames, and then when he's shuffling towards you after he loses his pole vault, after he loses the pole, it's, like, two frames. And it just, it, it just, you know, it really looks like a, 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 a ported down version. And you, for two, for, I I feel like for two D games you rarely should be seeing that these days anymore, uh, even on the DS. I mean, when you look at a game like uh, Dawn of Sorrow and how smoothly that animates and how colorful and vibrant it is, mm-hmm. and then you look at something like Plants vs Zombies, it's like who who missed the boat there? True, and Plants vs Zombies should theoretically be a less Technical, technically, or technical, nah, I guess less technically <clears throat> uh, powerful game than intense. something. Yeah, like intense. I mean, granted, there's a lot of colors, there's a lot of things going on uh, in terms of maybe there's not really that much layering either, you know? There's your, your ground layer, and then there's your, um, your, your, your plant and zombie layer. Doesn't, it's not like there's collision, seriously. Right, I, I mean, and and maybe it's just anticipation of the fact that there's going to be a lot of shit on the screen, but maybe. still, I mean, didn't something like Bangayo come out for the DS? Sure did. I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a programmer. Uh, you have more background in that than I do, but yeah. it, it it doesn't. You're like, hey, yeah, it just doesn't feel like they really did their due diligence when porting it over. Um, I mean, there are some great-looking 2D DS games that... that um, I mean, this is something that the Game Boy Advance should be able to handle, quite honestly. True. Um, I don't know. But I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, very, it's very disappointing. But the question is, well, why did I get it? Well, because I'm stupid, and I'm the type of person who buys Final Fantasy IV every time it's released, and the person who <laughs> buys every single Ridge Racer out there, and I still play them. And so I had to buy, buy Plants vs. Zombies for the 3DS so I could have it wherever I go, because you know It doesn't work on my phone. Yeah. You gotta get a new phone. Droid 3 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I ended up looking up. I was like, why does the PopCap logo come up, and then the game just stop? And it's like, look, the game just does not work on the Droid. And I'm like, it can't be a hardware thing. Can it? Maybe it's like, uh, I, I honestly don't know why. It it, it, it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess because it's tied to my um, Amazon account, I guess, um, like, it, it if I get a new phone, I'll still be able to get it. So it's okay. Oh, yeah. But Even it's annoying. If, uh, you bought it off the market, you would still be able to download it. Like, I, I had stuff that I couldn't play on my Hero, and then when I, right. like, Angry Bird, well, Angry Birds didn't buy it, but, um, you know, uh, I think Fruit Ninja, it was like stupid slow on the hero. And then when right. I got the Epic, I just re-downloaded it because it was purchases tied to my account. Yep, yep. But it's really frustrating because I tried to get PBZ on the on the phone when it was free, and it wouldn't let me. And then I tried to and, and I, because I, oh you know because I, I was on a Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. And then when I tried on Wi-Fi, I was like, this is not compatible with your carrier. I'm like, what are you talking about? 
like like I'm on Wi-Fi, and then like I was like I'll try it again later when I'm at home, when I have a real Wi-Fi connection because the hotel one was kind of wonky, and I I I was probably mooching off of someone else's Wi-Fi anyway without realizing it. Right. Um. So it was, I I thought oh signal strength okay, then when I got home the sale was over and I had like I wasted a dollar fifty ooh big whoop a dollar fifty but still it's annoying, yeah. mm-hmm. you know to to just be like I could have had it for free, and now I spent money on it and I can't even use it so, um. Oh, oh, the other thing is that the music also sounds a little bit like they 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 put it through the Game Boy Color Ringer. What? Like a li- j- just a little bit, not as bad as the visuals at all, but like like I, you know, I I'm very very in tune with the instrumentation of the music in that game and like it sounds mm-hmm. it sounds noticeably uh Game Boy eyesed in certain instruments and I'm just like why do you you don't have to do any of that? Like again, there are so many games on the DS which sound great and mm-hmm. don't resort to all that stuff. This this is kind of why, like, years ago when we when you were showing me Mega Man Battle Network mm-hmm. and I was listening to the music, I was like, they've got to be able to do better than this. Like, it sounds, you know, it, it's got to sound better than a Game Boy Color. I mean, this is, you know, moving to the next generation. And then a lot of Game Boy Advance games sounded like, you know, Game Boy Color games. And I'm like, why is that the case? Listen to the soundtrack to something like Advance Wars, you know? Yeah. It sounds great. How how how? Why are all these games? And it, and it, to me, it wasn't a stylistic choice. Um, and then when you moved up to Phoenix Wright, which of course was originally a, a GBA game, but you moved it onto the DS, and I'm sitting there playing it, and I'm like, this this sounds like Game Boy Color all over again. Why? <laughs> game Boy Color. And I'm like, can't they do any better than this? And then Apollo Justice comes out, and then it's like, okay. You yeah, know, now the music is now the music's great. It's just the other bad. games they didn't they didn't take the time to remaster the music. And if, you know, fine, whatever. It doesn't affect the game. It's a great game. But you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's it's just it just makes you th- wonder. Like, do do some people just slap that shit on there and not care? And obviously, the answer is yes. Yeah. But you know, you you still ask the question because it's like I, you know, I see and hear things on this system that that defy what this game is trying to tell me. Like, no, it's got to sound like blippity bloopity. And it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, it was, that was particularly, you know, grating to watch um, on Plants vs. Zombies. It was just, it's just frustrating. Um, but I also, uh, like you, I downloaded Donkey Kong off of the eShop. Hell yeah. Uh, which, is an orig- which is the most original name ever. But yeah, I downloaded Donkey Kong. Um, I never played it when I was a kid. And I'm glad that they made it available because it's a really good game. I can't say that about many Game Boy games. Like most systems have, you know, a uh, you know a hand at least a very large handful of truly really good games. And I th- I, I feel like the original Game Boy is the hardest for me to actually say that about because in some way or the other, the game either doesn't feel right. Or is or if we're talking about something like Saga, it's it's nostalgic for us. It's good in that sense, but actually, when you look at it, there are a lot of problems with those games, mm-hmm. especially the first one. You know what I mean? And so, for the Game Boy, it's like there are so few truly good games. Like we were talking about this last week, or like what would make you? And I was like Link's Awakening, uh, Six Golden Coins, but more yeah, more Wario, more so Wario Wario Land more so than Six Golden Coins. Um, and then this, but like you know, I have to scour to figure out okay what good games were that. You know, I talked about Batman as a fun game. <laughs> I don't, I don't, won't I don't, come out unless right. And I don't Sunsoft necessarily has some kind of vendor. Oh yeah, Sunsoft. Up. 
uh, Victor Ireland. But I, I don't, you know, I don't, and I don't think that that's like one of those. Oh my God, Batman! One of the fucking best games for the Game Boy. No, <laughs> it was, it was a game that I was like, this is a lot of fun. It's cool. Batman has a gun that's really weird, but it's, it's a fun platform shooter. That's about it. You know, but I, I think that Donkey Kong is very well conceived. I, 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 and I could be wrong. I could be very wrong about this, but I don't remember there being um, quite as robust or as well conceived a puzzle platformer as Donkey Kong for the Game Boy. And I know that there there was stuff like Burger Time. Uh, like Load Runner, you know all those other things, but I, I, there's something about this game that I feel, and, and and please correct me if I'm wrong because I could be missing something here. But I, in, in my you know alcohol-addled brain right now, because I I had a nice time drinking yesterday, and because I have a poor memory, um, I could be forgetting any other game that might have done this. But I feel like Donkey Kong was the first game that came out that I read about it that was like, I really don't understand what what this is all about. And then everybody was like, oh, it's more of a puzzler, but it's still platforming like in the old Donkey Kong vein. And I'm like, I've never, you know, kind of heard of this before. I've never seen or heard of such a such a mixing of platforming and puzzling. And I I, th- I guess the closest that you could come to is something like Krusty's Funhouse, mm. but I never played it. And yeah, yeah. I don't know how much platforming is in there. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it, Donkey Kong was released, I believe, in 1994. Yeah. So it was a late release. So that's why I'm hesitating to, to to say this adamantly because, you know, a lot of things happened before 1994. True. <clears throat> but I also think that – I don't know either, but I think that when it comes to a game of that caliber and also because of its late game status, Donkey Kong was probably – one, I mean, it was certainly one of the best of its type, but I can't really think of anything that compares to it. Uh, it's Mole Mania, but Mole Mania is not, um, it's not a platformer. Right. It's more of an overhead uh, puzzler, kind of action puzzler. But Mole Mania is also one of the best puzzle games on the Game Boy. It, it's like, it, it's not the fact that it's, you know, some platforming aspects, and then the whole thing is a puzzle. It's more the fact that, yes, the whole thing is a puzzle, but the puzzle also relies on platforming skills. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, okay, well, you can jump here and there and move stuff around. It's, no, you you have to be good at platforming. You have to be good at ju- hitting those jumps and avoiding enemies and doing all this stuff in order to solve the puzzle. Um, so... Uh, you know, and and then like that—that's kind of, you know, I I play this and then I start to think about things like Braid, mm-hmm. uh, and then PB Winterbottom, and I'm like, I'm not saying that those games would not have existed were it not for Donkey Kong, like that's a ridiculous thing to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but I, the, you can definitely see that there may have—it's never been mentioned, but you could probably say that there was inspiration there. And even, but but yeah, maybe and maybe not. E- even if even if if there was an inspiration, it's just still like, wow, this is for for us as consumers, uh, and as gamers, it's like this was the progenitor of other things that we've seen. Again, even without inspiration, it's still it it was there first. It was there before yeah. it. Um. So, but I I like how like you start off and it's like Donkey Kong, and you're like, all right, so it's gonna be a whole bunch of levels of this. And then after the first loop, it's like, nope, nope, which, guess what? 
it changes. There's this whole other shit. It's a whole game. We give you different shit to do. Every level, there's a new technique that you gotta learn. Right, and How it's far well, have you well, made it? not only that, but I I'm I'm in the middle of world of the forest world, so I think it's world two. But mm-hmm. it's like it's not only just like hey, we're gonna give you more levels because you know it could very have easily been we're just gonna give you more levels of Donkey Kong of just jumping over fires and mm-hmm. barrels and that's it yep. to like just different levels. But it's more like, not only are you giving different levels, but like, yo, the Donkey Kong as you knew it, all that shit was, was running and jumping. Now it's jumping, running, and solving puzzles, and learning, like you said, learning new techniques, and like doing all this random shit. And and boss battles, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I I just kind of like how, you know what it did? It it gave me a, uh, and, and it's funny that I say this because I knew what this game was going in, but it gave me a sort of like, um... Final Fantasy VI, where you know, I think that's something that you always noted that once the first half of the game is done, everything just opens up to you, and it's this, it's this sensation of like, wow, this, you know, this, this is open, or this is like a whole new thing, yeah. kind of, which is kind of the reaction that I had in Chrono Trigger when you discover Zeal in the clouds. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like wow, there's this whole and so for 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 Donkey Kong and th- and that's being over dramatic for Donkey Kong, but it's still <laughs> in a sense a similar sensation of like you know you're going through it and you're like ah oh, there's this old Donkey Kong, but wow look at all this new shit that they're throwing at you, and they also like redid the Donkey Kong art and now he looks different and like now Mario can like do this handstand jump and do the triple jump and it's all this weird shit like oh my god yeah, this isn't Donkey yeah it's like this isn't Donkey Kong this is some new shit. And all of so, that stuff, um, I think that might have been the first time that Mario was able to do all that stuff, and they migrated that over to other Mario games. Oh, like Mario 64, mm-hmm. when he does like the triple jump. and all, Yeah, no, that's a good point. And then Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which is essentially this game, part two. Right, right. Um And then, and then, and then you, of course, you get to March of the Minis, which is totally different, which is basically yeah. Lemmings. Um... But yeah, really, really, really solid game. Uh, I think I think it's well designed. I think it's clever. Um, it and it, you know, it it keeps in with that little retro theme because every time you walk, his his sneakers squeak and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and you jump and <laughs> it's so funny to hear that jump in the context of the normal Mario jump. Yeah, um, and then like the hop, and then like that that sounds like. Like the original Donkey Kong to people who aren't familiar with it must sound like the most obnoxious sounding game ever. <laughs> like, do do you remember in Dumb and Dumber when they're like, "You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?" Oh yeah, that must be what it is like for someone. That, like the, the I don't know. Like let's let's say like we're we're sitting in in a room with like kids, like you know from from our family or whatever, and. <laughs> They're in another room, and we're in the living room playing like Donkey Kong, and all they hear from the other side is. <laughs> oh no no! You know what? I think it's more. There's something more annoying than that. Uh oh. The the Donkey Kong Junior walk, which is pretty much the same as that, except it's like heavy, like. <laughs> you know, I think that's le- I think that's less annoying because it's less like squeaky and squealy. Ah. Uh. You know, I mean, it's, I found it, that to be completely like, hilarious, especially like in Donkey Kong Junior Map when you had two of them. 
And <laughs> that's all the sound was. You hear <laughs> 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 so sitting here going like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is Evelyn like looking at you funny? Like, what the fuck are you doing? No, she's not even paying attention to me. Okay. <laughs> um, and the, but but like, like all the noises in that game, and then like, do you remember that that the one stage? Where they're like it's the most bizarre fucking thing. Like they're trampolines, like bouncing Wait, and falling. Um, I think it's in. Um, is it in Junior? Is it? In Do- it's in Donkey Kong. Uh, the the original Donkey Kong, not Junior. When they're they're like they're things that are bouncing and like falling, and you're supposed to time your jump so that you don't run uh, jump into them. And they're oh, trampolines. Yes. Yes. Like with that with. Just combining all that. With <laughs> yes. It's just and a It's like a cacophony. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a fucking cacophony of, like, gross, like, squeaks and bloop, 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 bloop. Um, it's just, like, yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody in this generation, like, walking into a room with that going on and not going, what the fuck is that? Can you put that on mute? <laughs> you know? Um... But like I, I don't know I I it's because it's so burned into my brain from childhood I actually enjoy those yeah, noises too. so um and I and I'm pretty sure I know what I'm gonna put as an interlude oh man it's just me playing Donkey Kong <laughs> <laughs> so um let's see what else did I play I played Shantae um which you know at first glance is pretty it's pretty much there's it's nothing special it's just a very well animated colorful uh, action platformer and you mm-hmm. know what that's kind of awesome. Uh, yeah. You don't, you kind of, like, it's really funny when you're in an era and you start going, I want something new. Why is it all just this stuff all over again? Right. Where's the originality? Ooh, big sprites, so what? And then you get into, um, you get into the next era and it's like, okay, you know, wow, this is an amazing, like, physics-based thing. And then as the years go on, you're like, all right, everything is a fucking physics-based thing. And then, then you know, Jonathan Blow comes in and is like, oh, we're, we're going to do gonna do braid and name our game after hair or something and like it's gonna be t- ooh wow time rewinding potion like this is some weird you know new kind of newfangled puzzler thing and then everything is like some it's kind of arts, artsy farts <laughs> not all time rewinding potion but like <laughs> Superman that- oh you suck fucking soldier boy um and like everything is like this artsy fartsy whatever and just like oh come on give me a break and then like so- at some point people just break and I'm like where are all the old school gimmickless, just balls out, like, I'm just going to action platform, and that's all I care about. And then we're coming full circle, where it's just like, well, wait a second, isn't this what we were trying to get away from, like, 15 years ago? And it's like, well, yeah. no, not anymore. No. We want to go and back then, to that. Yeah, and and then, like, I bet you, like, as the eShop matures, and, like, if they decide to put more, like, regular action platformers and that that are nothing special, then we'll be like, alright, come on, let's... <laughs> let's get something new again, and you know what I mean. It'll go it'll sick cycle over again and again and again. It's like, it's like the Street Fighter Two cycle, you know. Street Fighter Two, uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, Fatal Fury, all these fighting games. Uh well, <sighs> Neo Geo pretty much squashed this shit by putting out King of Fighters every fucking year. Yep. I'm sick of fighting games. A couple of years pass. Where? I, I kind of miss fighting games, and then Street Fighter Four comes out. Oh shit! Fighting games are back. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, Blaze Blue comes out, out, and then right, and then Mortal Kombat comes out, and mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat vs DCU, and then Street mm-hmm. Super Street Fighter Four, the arcade version. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and then there's gonna be Namco's version of Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and then it's like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> go go back. I you know what? Hibernate for another six years, and then give me Street Fighter Five, and let's all. Co- it, it's all like, and, and I re- I really, really, really want that to happen. First person shooters. I really want someone to just go. You know what? I've had enough of this shit. Like. Call of Duty does not interest me anymore. Battlefield doesn't interest me anymore. Just put it away and bring it back in like five years. That'd be like, nice. It, it would be nice. Like, but but that is the one thing that hasn't really, you know, ever since the advent of Doom, it has not died. Like, it has True. absolutely not died. But the thing is, there are games that live, and even the companies that make those games that live continue to make games on top of it. Right. Like Halo 2. You know, there are people who played Halo 2 until the last second of Xbox Live's support of it. Yep, yep. And now they're like, what am I going to do? I guess I'll play Halo Reach multiplayer. But it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Just play fucking Assassin's Creed instead. God, such (laughs) a better game. I love Assassin's Creed 2 and 3. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, 2 and 2-2, and soon to be 2-3. Yeah. Before we get to 3. Um... But you know, I I don't know. It's it's like I said, it's colorful, it's bright. The like props to way forward um for, you know, bringing, you know, doing what I was just saying and bringing back some of the, you know, old school flavor without making it seem over overdone. You know, the, with Contra 4, um I don't know, did they they didn't do the Contra on on WiiWare, did they? Yes, they did. Contra Rebirth. Okay, and they th- that was way forward as well? Uh no, I think that was just straight Konami. Oh, I was talking about I was talking about like specifically way forward. Um, I don't know. I would have to. I didn't because I know I know they did the DS version. Oh yes, they did. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. But yeah, uh, it it. But then you know I got into the town and I accidentally pressed up at the wrong place and it revealed like there was a whole other um, background to In the Shantae? Yeah. Oh shit! Like it. Well, it's it's one of those things where it's side scrolling, mm-hmm. but. If you go like, um, I'm trying to think of a similar game, um, maybe something like Faxanded. I don't know. Like you'll you'll be walking across town, and then like there will be a doorway, and you press up, and like you're on the other side of town. But when I say oh. other side, I I don't mean left to right. I mean like, like a, in into the screen, flip it over, and then boom, yes, you're on the other yes, side. yes. But there's no like 3D scaling. It's just you know a transition to another screen. Mm-hmm. But like it, it, you know, it, it adds a little bit to it, and maybe that makes it a uh, maybe if they incorporate that into the action parts that could. But I don't know. It's like nothing much to say about it, really. It's it's just it feels solid. Um, it looks solid, and uh, you know, I guess if little thirteen-year-old kids who are just growing their pubes want to look at like midriffs, you know, <laughs> all she's got on are genie pants and like a bra, so they can you know grow up to that shit. I guess, um, but there, her nemesis, uh, was it risky or something? Her nemesis, like mm-hmm. her portrait, her sprite portrait, like all right, she has big boobs, and she is no, she is not shy about thrusting them out. So in her portrait, like her 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 pose in her portrait is always like um, like her chest is up and out, like very very conspicuously, and I'm like really, <laughs> like. I realize you're having fun with this, but really, do you have to do that? Like, do you want kids to end up making their 3DSs sticky? I mean, really, come on. That's gross. <laughs> um, but 
the the one thing from playing Shantae and Plants vs. Zombies and all that stuff on my 3DS is those are DSi games. And just like any other regular DS game, um, I think you and I had a conversation about this um, over Gchat, but it's it's been well documented that when you play games back uh, on backwards compatibility, when you upscale it uh, to take up the entire 3DS screen, which actually is going to be the default for everybody because you have to actually press a button to not upscale it, um, it looks, to me, it looks pretty bad. I think you, you're okay with it. Yeah, only because I don't know any better, I guess. Um, I'm starting to think um, about getting a DS Lite because I... I'd gone to Toys R Us looking for an uh, Xbox point card because they were 15% off this week. Couldn't find one, but then I looked and I saw that they had a whole lot of DS lights, blue and black and the red and black, and I'm like, shoot, it's, it's a, either 90 or $100, depending on if there's a sale. And I'm honestly tempted to get to, to rebuy one yeah, just I'm so that I can to play, my, one because to play I, out my Game Boy Advance games again. True. And also on top of that, I might... Get rid of my original DS to compensate, right. but shut up, Evelyn. Why but she want it? <laughs> no, she she doesn't even want me to buy another one because she thinks that the the fat DS is perfectly fine. But that's from someone who doesn't play video games. Um, she plays games. <laughs> she don't play no damn games. Anyway, uh, unless it got Mario, as she says it, Ma- or, <laughs> or Donkey Kong. <laughs> Anyhow. I, I'm tempted to, to, to get rid of my old DS, but then I like the whole museum effect where I have the G, the, the Game Boy and I have the, the... I don't have a color anymore. I wish I did. But, uh, oh, look at that. Simon just died. Um, <laughs> you play uh, Castlevania have, 2? Yes, that's my email notification on my phone. Oh, okay. I thought you were actually playing it. Uh, no, no. I have a Game Boy Advance and I have the SP... And then I would have like the original DS, but she has a blue one, so I don't really have to worry about that. Uh, then I would have a DS Lite and a 3DS. But I don't know. Back to I don't the know. subject I... at hand about resolution. <laughs> perfection is perfection, so I'm gonna let them understand from a young Al's perspective. Okay, I'm not gonna go there. Um, but yeah, so the resolution is, and I'm I'm looking at um, Link's Awakening right now, and it looks kind of okay because it's a Game Boy Color game, and you can't get much worse than what a Game Boy Color looks like anyways at this point in time. But, um, like, it's because the resolution of the 3DS screens uh, on a pixel-per-pixel basis is higher than the regular DS. But Mm -hmm. the bottom screen takes up the same real estate, physically. It's the same size. Yes, so just like any other phenomenon where you have... uh, uh, a lower resolution thing trying to be blown up over a higher resolution screen. Um, like trying to play, oh, I don't know, um, like an old an old school, um, an old school Genesis or, or N64 game on a 1080p TV. Like or th- a Genesis game, which I'll bring up later on a ah, 1080p TV. Solar! Um, but it's, it's, it's that same phenomenon where it's going to look ugly. And the way that it looks ugly for the 3DS is not like some some gross like interpolation or like fuzzing or whatever, but the way that and, and I don't know this could be different for different you know digital cameras, but my digital camera, which is a uh, what wow, it's a Canon uh, 
I forgot the brand name of it, but it's a cannon. It's one of those silver ones. Um, power shot, I guess. It, um, when you take a video and you zoom in while you're taking the video, um, it, it, it gives this kind of weird, um, weird bleeding effect where, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like two contrasting colors will kind of like, um, there's this kind of weird effect where two contrasting colors, they'll kind of bleed into each other and like emphasize the brighter color. It just looks weird. It just looks really weird, and and that's the, the same kind of effect that I see for uh, all the DS games that I'm playing uh, on my 3DS, and it's 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 most apparent for text um, when I'm playing when I when I put Final Fantasy IV in to test it, and for Plants vs Zombies since it's you know since it's already so kind of crummy looking, like it it you know you can't help but notice all the things that are wrong with it, and it just, like, exacerbates it. Like, Shantae, you notice a little bit, but at the same time, because it's animating smoothly and whatever, like, you kind of lose sight of it. But if you look mm-hmm. carefully enough, you can you can see how it kind of looks pretty bad. Um, and then it just... I don't know. It, it just look It looks uncomfortable. That's the best <laughs> adjective that I can... It just looks uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to look at. Um, and I think when... It, it's It's so much better... When you hold it, and for those who haven't been listening to other podcasts uh, from other from like other websites or whatever, um, all all one of you, <laughs> when you hold down select and press A to choose your game on the 3DS, it displays the game at the original resolution, pixel for pixel. And what that means is that because there are more pixels on the 3DS screen, even though it's the same real estate, like you get like a, it, it actually ends up taking up like a, a third of the screen, it, it, like in real estate, it just shrinks. But it looks a lot sharper, looks Much. a lot better, and you know it's it's the same you know phenomenon as you got with the Game Boy Micro, which is something that you also mentioned on on GChat, um, where the image is smaller, but because it's smaller, it's also a lot sharper. Um, and I mean, I can tell you the, there's the opposite effect on the, on the DSi XL is that the image is nice and big and it's easier on the eyes, but it's also like, it also looks more grainy because they're like, oh crap, I'm playing monkey ball and I just died. It's more grainy (laughs) because the pixels are bigger. No interpolation, no like dithering or, well, dithering is actually more obvious because that's what you see you see pixels. Um, but I should say no interpolation, no like upscaling or anything like that to ruin the original pixel um, kind of makeup of the image, but it also just looks bigger, you know? And so, you know, there's good and bad to it, right? You, you know, it's a bigger screen, but, you know, it looks chunkier. Um, but, you know, that... So I think with the 3DS, you're kind of like... You're kind of boned because it, any touchscreen game that you try to play is automatically harder. Because the street that the, the touch area is smaller. True. So trying to play Pictobits um with the with the tiny screen is really hard for me. Because it's a lot of like tapping, 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 like swiping, tapping, swiping, tapping, like a lot of precision tapping. And when the screen is that small, it no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> no. Um but that's enough grousing about the three D S screen. Uh I did download my two free PSP games for the welcome back package. Uh, I ended up, I ended up getting a Killzone Liberation, which is the which I actually had a demo for, and actually that that was a really fun game, uh, oh, a yeah? fun demo I should say, um, and I got a uh, Little Big Planet, um, okay. Killzone Liberation, uh, and I 
you know, I didn't play the actual download, but I have, like I said, I have played the demo before, is a three-quarter, kind of like a diagonal view, like um, Crusader. Wait, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Killzone is not an FPS? On, on the PSP? No. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten it. Oh, my God. I got to get this then. I thought Killzone was the FPS, so I completely, like, wrote it off. Right, but that, that's why I'm talking about it now, because I wanted to let you know that it's not an FPS. But it's a diagonal view, kind of like Crusader, but it's a completely, like, action shooter. So, oh, um, it's it's as if they took... You know, did you ever play the Game Boy version? Ugh, Game Boy Advance version of Max Payne? No. Okay, so then the analogy won't make sense. But it's like, it's the same treatment as they did to Max Payne from PC to Game Boy Advance, where they, they took it, they made it, they tilt, they made it like a, an, an overhead... But diagonal isometric. shooter, isometric shooter. That's what the hell's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> they made it into an isometric shooter, um, and it's polygonal. You know, and I'm talking about Killzone, not not Max Payne. It's polygonal and everything, and and you know, you still you, you still like reload. You still do all the things you do in a first person shooter, just from the isometric standpoint. And so it makes it much more manageable on the PSP. You don't have to worry about those stupid face buttons for, you know, substituting as a second analog stick or anything like that. It's just straight up action game. Uh, and I, and I like that they did that. I like that they didn't try to force um, a first-person game or a three third-person game that plays like a first-person game. <coughs> Resistance retribution. <coughs> yeah. Um. So I, I'm I'm eager to start actually playing that for real once I finish Final Fantasy IV for the tenth time in my fucking life. Is that a multi or a single player game? Um. Let's ask the internet. Oh, wise internet. Is Killzone Liberation a multiplayer game or a single-player game? Oh, internet. And I'm stalling while I type in the name well, of the game. While you stall, I'll tell you the information that you requested before. I'll Contra tell 4 you. Contra is way forward, and Contra Rebirth is made by a, a developer called M2. Oh, I feel like they're making something else now. That, that, M2? Yeah, I could be wrong. Anyway. um, it's, I think it's just... Oh, there is multiplayer. Okay, so Giant Bomb says when the game launched, player versus player content was only uh, co-op. Okay, so if we're in the same room, we can play co-op. Um, but then there's also capture. Oh, capture the flag, assault, team deathmatch. So yeah, it it it's like it is exactly like uh, a first-person shooter, just not. <laughs> hmm. And it's not entirely isometric. I mean, I think the camera changes angles. I think the bottom line is just that it is a third-person game, and it is not first-person. Period. Um, who emailed you? No, that was uh, Simon Belmont getting an item, and that was you sending me that link. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, that I I didn't. I don't know. I I I guess because of Ridge Racer, I didn't want to get Mod Nation Racers because I'm like I'm racing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Pursuit, I didn't want to get Pursuit Force. That looks like a stupid game. <laughs> like ever the, the, when it first came out, I, w- I was watching videos of it. I'm like, this looks really dumb. So I, d- I don't want to get that, which which makes it harder for me to choose PS3 games now because I don't want to double dip on Little Big Planet. But are, is there interconnectivity between the PSP version and the PS3 version? I think so. I don't really know because if it if it's worthy, you know, of of connect like like if it's worthy connectivity, like if it makes sense and it's actually really cool, then maybe I'll go ahead and do that. But I don't want to double dip. At right. the same time, the only other one that I would really want is Infamous. What are the other games on there? Infamous, Little Big Planet, um, um, Dead Nation. I don't want that. Uh, Superstar Dust HD. I don't. HD bundle. 
the Wipeout HD bundle is the only other thing I'm considering, and the only reason I'm considering it is because it looks awesome, like visually. Mm-hmm. And you know how I feel about the later Wipeouts. Like the, the only Wipeout I like was three. Right. Uh, I don't like Wipeout in general. I think you dislike it more than I do. Yeah, I might tolerate it if it's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean that, and that's where I'm going with it. Like I tolerate it because it's free and it looks like beautiful. Like it looks absolutely beautiful. But at the same time, it's like, why tolerate something that looks beautiful but you don't really like for free when you can buy something that is of quality for free? And I shouldn't have said buy. But then at the same time, it's like, well, you already technically bought it for another platform. And you know what? I'm going to boot up LittleBigPlanet on my PSP just to see what it looks like. Um, But yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I did um, with my stuff. I didn't play any console games. Didn't play any uh, PC games. That's pretty much what it's been and what it will continue to be for the next however long because I can't bring my consoles with me. Well, I can, but I just don't anymore. I'm too lazy. Anyway, what have you been doing? I have had a very rough week, so um, I haven't really been able to play much. I <clears throat> Let's see. I downloaded <clears throat> Donkey Kong. I played through the, the levels are on level one. Um, Donkey Kong is pro- probably going to be like more of a, a refresher for me because I did go through the entire game back in '94, '95. Mm. Um, but I, I highly enjoy playing this game, and it might make me play more versus Donkey Kong again. Um, how, how many levels are in Donkey Kong? A hundred. Wow. Yeah. There so are, it's like it's like ten worlds and then like bonuses. There are 10 worlds, but some of the worlds have 12 levels. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, some of them have 8, some of them have 12. And, of course, the level 0 has 4. Um, right, right, I forgot about that. Yeah. I also downloaded, with Donkey Kong for Game Boy, I downloaded Dark Void Zero for DS Oh, I should get and that. And I played through the first level of that, and it's pretty interesting. Um it's a you know like an NES style platformer, right? It's with NES graphics and NES sound, and you even have to blow the cartridge in order to start the game, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was hilarious to me, obviously. And the the game is supposed to be, of course, a prequel to Dark Void, which is a game that I probably won't play unless I get it for free, because it didn't turn out to be as good as I wanted it to be. Um, actually, I think it turned out even worse. But Dark Void itself? Yeah, the original Dark Void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people said that. Um, I played the demo, and I kind of liked the demo, but uh, I was turned off also from the demo, so whatever. Dark Void Zero is a really fucking cool game. Uh, You basically are trying to, like, fight um, the aliens that come from the void, and they have all these portals and all this stuff, and you're traveling from place to place. Uh, in the first level, you have to get these key cards in order to open a portal. And you start out with just a gun, and you get to pick up a rocket pack, and then you can uh, you hold A to actually like use the rocket pack as a propulsion device, and you can fly around the level. If you double tap A, it turns into a hover, and then after it begins to hover, you can move around. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of sticky, where uh, if Ew, you sticky. press a direction... You uh, kind of shift a little bit in that direction, but your aim stays that way. So if you wanted to, say, um, uh, attack somebody who is diagonally up because you go eight-way, 
uh, you press diagonal up and right or something like that, and then you'll kind of move that way, but you'll be shooting or you'll be angled up and right, and then you can kind of shoot from that direction, but most of the enemies shoot at you, so you're constantly moving around. Uh, the hover, I'd say, is a much better way of controlling Rusty, who's your main character, than um, using the the rocket pack propulsion. But the rocket pack propulsion, of course, is a great way of getting around because it's faster. Is Nolan North in this game? He is. No, I'm asking you. Oh, in uh, in Dark Boy Zero, no, unless yeah, of course he, he's not. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just I'm playing. <laughs> I know, unless he managed to get his voice like digitized, uh, downgraded to eight bit sounds. <laughs> um, oh man, that's sixteen bit. Um, I I really enjoy Dark Boy Zero, and I I'm. I think I want to start the level, the start the game over because I'm stupid ass perfectionist, and I got there these orbs that you have to collect, and then there are these secret journals that you have to connect, collect, and I collected four out of five of the journals and 98 of 100 of the orbs before I finished the level, but I'm gonna try and fight that feeling and just go on to the second level. What else did I play? I play a little bit of Ghost Recon Shadow Wars, which is getting uh, a little more fun. Uh, you get you you get six characters. At first, you start out with four, but then in the second chapter, you get to know the the last two characters in your team. <clears throat> you start out with like an assault guy who's like your main character, Duke, and you have a medic, uh, heavy weapons like a machine gun kind of guy, and a sniper. In the second chapter, you get introduced to the engineer and the recon, which recon is really cool. They have a uh, uh, optical camouflage so the enemies can see you but they can't hit you unless one of them stands next to you and then you become revealed and then they can start shooting at you so it, it seems kind of weird but it makes sense because there's no fog of war or anything that um, the enemies have to be able to see you in order to get to you so you're running around and the enemies are like really following you but they can't shoot at you so that's your advantage you can kind of like step back just beyond their range and you can shoot them and then when it's their turn they'll walk up to you but they can't stand next to you to reveal you and the engineer can develop develop engineer can build sentry guns which are pretty much as strong as the machine gun guy but they have so much armor that like when they get shot they take like one damage so that's really good uh in terms of having a weapon but it can't move so you have to constantly like if you want to take it somewhere else you got to take a turn with the engineer pick up the uh the sentry gun disassemble it and then go somewhere else and use another turn to reassemble it but when you reassemble it it gets its turn automatically um and there was a mission where i had to destroy a convoy and that was a really cool mission because you had to take a hill first you start out in one area and you you get introduced to command points at that level where there are ca- flags that you capture and when you get to the flag, you get points every turn. And each point has, well, not each point, each flag, I should say, has um, a certain number of points. And when you gather enough points to use a special ability, some sometimes you, like later on in the game, you'll have the ability to refresh uh, the power points of your characters so that they can do their super moves. And then there's another one I don't remember. Every time you one... see PowerPoints, I'm just thinking of PowerPoint. <laughs> You did what with a PowerPoint? No, every time you say PowerPoints, I'm just thinking of Microsoft PowerPoint because of my fucking job. Oh, PowerPoint the presentation software. Ugh. Ah. Um, so, 
the one that they introduced in the convoy level was the airstrike. When you get 12 command points, you can do an airstrike, which is a very strong blast over a certain area. And what you had to do is use the airstrike in order to destroy the convoys because that was the only thing that would really take the health off of them before they can go through level and then you lose. But taking the hill was really fun. And then once I took the hill, it was just ultimate domination from my point and just using the, the bombs. But I'm playing on Elite, so it wasn't that easy to take the command points. And I didn't really have enough command points to do as many <laughs> airstrikes as I needed. So at the end, there was just one convoy left, and I was shooting it for like two and one. And I had to destroy it before it left the level. Really fun. Uh, while somewhat taxing. Anyhow... That is my portable gaming stuff, stuff, stuff. Uh, this morning I played a little bit of Infinite Undiscovery, and I'm like 13-something hours. I was playing through this level. It was very confusing. I got stuck in that area for about 45 minutes because... Big titty girl. Um, well, she's living in an infinite world. Titty, titty. Sorry. Uh, I was in a jungle. And in the jungle, there are these like shimmery planes where if you walk to the plane, it teleports you somewhere else. And it was kind of hard to figure out where I was supposed to go because each teleportation point brought me somewhere different and some brought me to the same place. And then I finally figured out where I was supposed to go, and now I made it past that, but it took me way too long. Uh, it's still fun to play, although you know, there's still like the apparent problems with it where... Um, I don't remember. Never mind. <laughs> For some reason, I can't okay. When I was playing the game, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is a problem. And I was doing something else. I'm like, yeah, this is a problem. And I really wanted to talk about it, but I completely forgot. So whatever. Uh, yesterday was the only other time I was actually able to play games. And um, I had received a shipment from Hong Kong, which contained the Genesis game, Pure Solar, which, uh, of course, is a homebrew Genesis game that was released like last year or something like that. It's an RPG, and I played a little bit of it. Then when I went to move the Genesis, I hit the reset button by mistake. And oh, good job. <laughs> yeah, I lost like 40 minutes of progress, which I don't really care because it's the beginning of the game. And I think I might just start it over when I'm seriously ready to play. Uh, I actually have to get batteries from my controller because I have the infrared Genesis controllers. Ooh. So currently... I don't have the batteries. I had taken them out of one of my remotes, and I didn't want to uh, take them out again. It was like AAA batteries. The game is, it looks like crap on my TV because it's all, like, interlaced, and um, I put the screen in 4x3 so that it wouldn't look all stretched out, and it's very playable, and the music is pretty cool. I like it. I think I probably would have enjoyed it more had I had the enhanced CD and, of course, had a Sega CD to use it with. But the music in and of itself is pretty good. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Explain that. Explain that. So, Oh, the uh, game has, like, the first run of the game came with a CD that had enhanced music. It had a PCM drums or something. I don't know if it had actual um, music other than drums. But if you had a Sega CD, you could put that CD into the game and then turn it on from within the Genesis game. Mm. And so it would play the, the... uh, FM That's cool. synthesizer music from the Genesis at the same time playing the PCM from the CD and it would combine it to make a more enhanced audio experience. That's really cool. It you know, really cool. something something that was that that's not exactly similar, but um, it reminds me of it. I 
you know, the first time I actually played through the majority of Final Fantasy VII was on a PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the PC version. Me too. Uh, but the game didn't use the original music. It used MIDI. Yeah, MIDI, yep. So, depending on your sound card, either you got a decent experience or a really shitty experience. Yeah. Um, and someone figured out how to take the PlayStation music and... Well, if 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 you, if you are somewhere in the dark depths of the emulation scene, um, no doubt you will have you'll you'll have come across uh, archived music that's basically ripped from the games, right? Uh, and and there there is um, they're basically I guess just music emulators is is the best way I can put it for for like Winamp and stuff that you just take these files. And it, it, you know, Winamp acts as if it's the sound hardware for the console that you're playing, and it will spit out the music. Um, it will spit out the music like almost pitch perfect, um, with the same instrumentation and everything. And it's it's spitting it's spitting it out from these you know from these files that are basically just the notes you know or or the sequences or whatever. So right. in other words, like Redbook Audio games that use Redbook Audio, like you can't rip them. You can't rip it like that. Like you you need to find MP3s. Um, because it's not, you know, it's it's not a, uh, a it's not a synthesized piece. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so someone figured out how to take the Final Fantasy VII music files and wrote some sort of program or some sort of hack to the PC version of Final Fantasy VII that would redirect all the music that's being played to the um to the PlayStation files. So you were, you were basically listening to the original music. Um, cool. And I think all they all that all that it was really doing was probably just, um, you know, converting the MIDI synthesizer into the PlayStation synthesizer, and just like like to redirect like it was doing that, and then it was redirecting the game to look at the files somewhere in in the directory where you kept them. So it was like it, it's like that's why I said it's not exactly like what you're talking about, but it's like it's kind of a way to it was kind of a way to hack or at least utilize something else to make the music sound better. Um, I don't know why I even went into this. I was just fascinated <laughs> by it at the time. So there. Shut up. Leave me alone. I, 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 I. Anyway. What was that? That was me uh, shrugging. Yeah, so the uh, intro to the game is, is a little funny. I like the writing. Uh, there was some writing where... Um, there's a bounty hunter that you kind of go in his house and then as you leave he comes in and he goes what are you doing in my house and then they they try and come up with a reason and then he interrupts him and says uh something like uh oh i'm i I come out and i go into my home and i see you people in my home just all chilling and whatnot or it, it was something like you you guys are all like we're just sitting here chilling it was very contemporary colloquial speech and it was funny because to see that in like a video game that's not like what uh a localized let's see oh like it, it, a, a it mario it, localized game where it seems like a uh, it seems like a, a a game arts game in that respect. yeah working designs used to do that a lot too um, I'm sorry. Working. I, I meant. I, I'm sorry. I meant working designs. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, but they usually did that kind of writing for the game arts games. With Luan right. Okay. And Grandia. Right. Blah, right. Blah. right. But anyhow, um, the I went through the first 
like dungeon, I guess you could say. I was supposed to go into a cave, but you had to go to a forest before you get into the cave. And I was walking through the forest. Did you and... fight the forest? No. There were things in the forest I had to fight. I'm never going to let you live that down. I know. And it's not your fault. It's the stupid game's fault, but still. Yeah. So the way the battle works is very turn-based, but um, after you select your moves, all of the the sequences are based on AP. It's almost like uh, you know, like agility-based, but I think the AP can be modified in certain ways. I haven't really learned it yet. But there are enemies that are airborne, and there are enemies that are on the ground, and the you can't attack the airborne enemies unless you have a weapon that can go anti-air or if you cast a spell on them. So one of your characters has a bow and arrow, and another character that you have can throw stones. Uh, so that's what you would use against the airborne characters. And then there's, uh, you know, preemptive strikes and ambushes. As soon as you said preemptive strike, uh, I'm playing Final Fantasy for now. As soon as you said preemptive strike, I got into a battle with a preemptive strike. Nice. I mean, I should say that more. Uh, I actually, the the game seems to be uh, like slightly more difficult than average because like if you get into an ambush, you can some depending on who the at- enemy decides to attack, you can wind up being very critical, and you only have one character who heals, and then you have herbs and stuff like that. But <clears throat> herbs, I don't think take priority. Or they might take priority, but I don't know how well or effectively they take priority, so you can't re- be guaranteed that after you get ambushed, you'll be able to heal yourself before they attack you again and kill you. Mm-hmm. But one good thing is that if one of your characters does fall in battle and you win, they come back with one HP. So you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, out of battle resurrection. So it's like, it's like Saga. Yes. And uh, you get, you can actually move around almost like Lunar. Where you can move back and you can move forward in defense. Uh, I think moving back uh, allows. I think moving back basically allows you some time so that, say, if you are a melee character, in order to attack, you kind of have to move forward and be closer to the enemy. So you have to use a turn to move to get closer to the enemy. But if you are a ranged character, you can move back to prevent yourself from getting attacked immediately. And then the next turn, you can attack from where you're standing. There's also, of course, magic in the game, and then there's this uh, stuff called Gather, and Gather is supposed to be an energy that you generate to enhance your attacks. It gives you a damage boost, and on top of that, it gives you access to certain moves later on in the game. Uh, certain moves require you to have a certain amount of a certain level of Gather, and each character can generate Gather, and you can also ask for Gather and give Gather. So. <clears throat> say you have a character that has a move and they have level 2 gather but they need level 4 but then you have two other characters that have level 1 you can for their turn select that move and then click ask for get well click you can select ask for gather and they will wait until the other characters give them their gather on their turn and then probably the next turn they'll do the move and if you wanted to just offer the gather say you weren't really trying to do the move yet you can do you gain, gain a couple levels of gather and then hit give gather. In that turn, you'll give your gather to that other character for whatever reason. Like, say, if you want to boost their damage, you say you have two characters uh, that are ga- gathering gather, haha, and one person that you want to focus all their strength on, you'll have them give the gather to the main character who's going to attack, and then they'll attack with like three times or four times damage. So, there's a little bit of strategy involved in the battles. Then you can get up to level 5, 
And if you get level five, you can unleash some kind of super move. Maybe there's some moves that require level five, but once you get level five, you only have that gather for that turn. So you have to use that feature wisely. And that's all I have to say about pure solar at the moment because that that's I, mean, it? I only play like forty minutes of it, and I lost twenty minutes of that progress. <laughs> uh, you were gonna for ask the, me something from the reset button. Yeah, I was moving it, and my thumb hit the reset button because it's very accessible on a Genesis three. Uh, I also played a little bit of X Men for Genesis because I was just testing it out, make sure that my Genesis was working, and uh, damn, that game is still tough. Just. Is, is that the fucking game where you had to reset the Genesis? Yes. In order to, to solve get to the thing? last level. Ugh. Um, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there's like a ton of YouTube videos up, up, up there like that. But I'm gonna try and Justin TV my X Men experience once I get better at it. I'm gonna start trying to play it again and uh, be good at it, and then try and like play it through. You know, it's funny, Justin like. The, you know, back in the whole SNES Genesis Wars and all that shit, like they were always talking about how the Genesis version of these games were better. Like the X, you know, X Men was awesome on Genesis, and like you didn't have it on on Super Nintendo, and Super Nintendo had that stupid like Spider Man and X Men versus Doctor Arcade or some shit. Yeah, arcades are um, arcade or some shitty game. Yeah. Um, and they're like, ah, X Men's all great, and then they're like, oh yeah, Aladdin looks so much better than Genesis, which it did. Yeah. Um. I played but now, X-Men Aladdin Gen- was like the same game just on Genesis and Super Nintendo, but uh, X-Men for Genesis was made by Sega, but X-Men No, they, games... they weren't the same game. Aladdin was not the same game. It wasn't? And it was no, two different games made by two different all. developers or the same developer? Completely different. Uh, I, I think Aladdin was like made by Virgin or some shit on Genesis or something. Not Virgin, but it, it, it was different. It was different. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, a, with X-Men, it's the same situation. Like, you know, Acclaim made all of those X-Men games for Super Nintendo, but Sega made the X-Men game for Genesis. Right. What I, what I was saying, though, was not about, like, who made it or who was different. I was just saying that, like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, the Genesis versions are all great. And I'm like, I played both Aladdin and X-Men on Genesis, you know, Aladdin for a much more extended period of time than X-Men. But I was just like, I'm not enjoying these games at all. Really? Like, you didn't like them? I didn't. I didn't enjoy X Men. I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, I, I can understand you not enjoying X Men. It's um, not exactly, Aladdin, but Aladdin. I I think that Aladdin is a very enjoyable game on the Genesis. I thought it was just whatever. Like I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was all that great either. Mm. Um, and then I played it on Super Nintendo, and I was like, you know, from you know from a graphical standpoint, yes, it's more colorful and whatever. But it it does not look like the Disney movie. Like that's the big thing that the the Genesis version had going for it. But as I was playing it, I'm like, this is a better action platforming video game than Aladdin is a video game. Then the Genesis version was a video game. Like I, I like as a video game, like the Super Nintendo Aladdin to me was like leaps and bounds better, mm-hmm. just because of how it was made. It looked like shit. Uh, when you when you talk about how faithful it was to the movie, no no doubt about that. <laughs> well, yeah, but and like the the Genesis version was just amazing looking. But you know, as far as the um, as far as the gameplay went, I was just like, this is much more engaging. Um, it it was it was made by Capcom. Ooh, um, the the Super Nintendo one. Yeah, and that's wow. why, like to me, that I, I think that's probably why I enjoyed it more because you know, being a fan of how Capcom designed its games, mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it, it kind of rang out to me. And I'm, I'm trying to look up um, Aladdin for the Genesis. Um, it might have been see. Virgin. Um, but then I... Uh, Disney's Aladdin. Okay. Games, 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 games. Um, the, uh, the Lion King that came out later, I think, for both platforms, I think that... Was that? I think that was like version two. I don't fucking know. All I, of I just those remember... games were made by the same people: Jungle Book, Aladdin, and Lion King. I believe they were all made by the same company. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Virgin Interactive for mm-hmm. the Genesis Aladdin. Um, wow, the giant bomb page for this lists all the platforms that it's available on. But the problem is that those games were so different that I don't think that they should be on one page. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, oh my god, the the Amiga version of Aladdin. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they an made an version? Amiga version. Oh my god! Um, let's see, The Lion King. Uh, let's see. Now, Jungle Book was all done by Virgin Interactive, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I, I, I mean, like, like you said, all the, I, I feel like all those Disney games, save for the SNES Aladdin, ended up going to to that. But um, The Lion King. Yep, Lion King was by Virgin Interactive. Um, and so is the Super Nintendo version. And what am I looking at? Is this like a Game Gear version? Because it looks really bad. There's an NES and Game Boy. Uh, yep, there was a Mega Drive, Genesis, Amiga, DOS, NES, Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how do we get on this engine? <laughs> oh, you're talking um, about X-Men. Talking about X-Men. I'm sorry. So yes, continue about X-Men. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was done. I was saying that uh, I wanted to make a... a a Justin TV video of me playing through it once I get better at it so I can kind of go through it without losing any X-Men. Um, X! And finally, uh, I didn't play anything else, but as part of the weekend sale, I did buy Fear uh, Collection for $10. Oh, nice, nice. So, um, you know, maybe by 2013, I'll play through Fear and <laughs> Fear 2. Right. Um, I have, yeah, I think I was, I think we were talking about this before. I have the original Fear, and I feel, huh, excuse me, I'm yawning. I feel <laughs> like I bought Fear 2 for like 10 bucks or something, and then when Fear Collection came out for 10 bucks, I'm like, God damn it! Because I could have bought both, but right. I already had the first one, so it doesn't make any sense. I'm logging into Steam right now to see if I actually bought it, but, um, what was I going to say? Uh, it was something about, it, 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 oh my god, it's not, it's my tongue, you were talking about X-Men, you were talking about beating it. You're talking about making a Justin TV video. Uh, eh, uh, God damn you. I forgot. What? I was, that was all I was talking about. And then I talked No, about I was going to say something. Oh. And I forgot what I was going to say. And I'm blaming you because I have no one else to blame. Aw. Um, uh, I also played a little have... Pokemon Black, but um, nothing to talk about there. Oh. Is it Pokemon? It's Pokemon. Is it Black? <laughs> uh, it's the Black version. It's the black. Is it, so it's black. Okay. Yeah, I suppose it is. But it's got a white Pokemon on the front. Oh, that's racist. But I'm look- it's not. Looking at my the library. white version okay. has a black Pokemon on the front. That's racist. I don't know. Yes, I I did buy Fear too. Aha. Yes. Okay. So anyway, we have a mailbag question, so we'll get to that right after the break.
we have returned from urination, and we are much lighter for it. But we are going to go through this mailbag question sent by Edu Buccaneer of uh, Game Revolution fame. Says, okay, guys, quick question for the show. After seeing the 3DS presentation and most of the Nintendo games for it at E3, I've sort of 180'd about getting one. The games look fun as hell, and it's finally looking like a worthy purchase, but that's just me. How do you guys feel about the 3DS now, since you've been owners of it for the last three months? You want to shoot, or should I? Uh, I'll start. Okay. Uh, my situation is different. I have only had the original DS... And I absolutely love my 3DS because it's worlds of new for me. <laughs> um, the 3D effect is still really cool, especially in light of the E3 videos of games that have come out. Um, still not really too keen on 3D uh, video of film and things like that, like the OK Go video and the Green Lantern trailer. I'm not really seeing it there. Like I, I tried watching the Green Lantern trailer with 3D off and the 3D on, and there were only a couple of scenes that really kind of looked 3D to me in terms of <clears throat> the, the the real perception of depth. But with it, when it comes to games, like looking at the Kid Icarus trailer and the Star Fox trailer, the Mario trailer, or Super Mario, I should say, trailer, and the Paper Mario trailer, um, you can really see it there. And it's really cool. I, I think that the games with the cartoonish, stylistic uh, presentation really look a lot better. Uh, the Metal Gear Solid 3DS didn't really look so 3D, maybe because the textures are all muddy and stuff like that, and it's all really dark. Some of it was just kind of disturbing on the, the eyes and the brain, uh, whereas in other games I don't really get that feeling, so I, I don't know. It, it varies. But when it comes to you know actual games... I still only have two 3DS games. Uh, I'll have three starting next week, depending on if there's any sales for Ocarina. Uh, I might just get Ocarina for 40 tomorrow, just to have it tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> Wait, the way you said that, you said I might get Ocarina for 40 tomorrow. Is it normally 40 or are? Yeah, it's normally 40. Okay. Um, so I'm. Uh, I'm you meant versus waiting for it to drop? You meant waiting versus waiting for it to drop in price or something? No, versus um, waiting for a cheap-ass gamer to tell me if oh. any other stores are having sales. I mean, I oh, might I gotcha. wind up uh, look finding a circular and then seeing that, oh, I th- there's one for buy one, get one, 25 off, or buy one, get a, a gift card or something like that, or, uh, which would be much better than just going to the Nintendo store and picking it up before the other stores get it on Tuesday anyway. Uh, I do want to get it as soon as possible because of the redemption of coins and the soundtrack CD. So I might just drop the 40 on it. You, you get So wait, in addition to the soundtrack CD, do you get extra Nintendo Club coins if you get it early? I, I remember uh, yeah, you I did explaining it to me, to but buy, I forgot. Uh, on the Club Nintendo site where <clears throat> it before, well, I had to do it before the 12th. There's a certain date deadline that you have to do that. You say, I want to buy such and such a game. So then once you actually buy it and you register it, you get 10 extra coins or something like that. And that's in addition to the 50 that you get for registering it. Right. And then on top of the intent to buy, which is separate, there's the soundtrack that's a limited edition release to 
<clears throat> probably a first, it's probably a numerical limited edition as opposed to a time based limited edition, but who knows? Right. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, oh, the 3DS. 3DS games. Yeah. Um, Nintendo. I, I I need to really kind of, in terms of 3DS specifically and the, the games, I really need time to elapse. All these games that are supposed to be coming out, they're coming out six months from now. So, you know, I'm I'm happy to have something that I didn't have when other people had it, like DSI Wear and mm-hmm. <clears throat> the the color resolution and the the bright screen and things like that. Uh, I'm I'm very happy to have those things. The resolution of the color. The. You said the color resolution. I did. I thought I yeah. said the screen. Whatever. I just, uh, I'm giving you shit. Ah, uh, thanks. <laughs> Have some shit. Have some more shit. You. So, I feel like my opinion of the 3DS is different than other people who may have owned a DSi or a DSi XL before owning a 3DS, which I'm going to defer to Austin because he's in that situation or category. Yeah, I... See, the, the thing about that is, is though, be, be, besides just the device itself, it's also about the games that are available. And just because you had no DS Lite doesn't mean that you didn't have access to the great library of DS games. And so I think the problem that a lot of people have, and that I have, with the 3DS is that, like, it came out and there was Street Fighter. And then I guess Ghost Recon, but really it was Street Fighter. Yep. And, okay, that great. You know, that, that's all. And, you know, yeah, I got Monkey Ball, yeah, I got Ridge Racer, but those are just bec- those are specifically because I was like, I can't sit here with just one or two games that I care about on this thing. And, like, I, I kind of need something. It doesn't mean that they're great games, it's just they're there, you know, and so I got them. It's like any, it's like any poor launch. Um, but I feel like, I feel like this launch was, was, was poorer than, not significantly so, but enough so, like enough to be noticeable. Poorer than than quite a few other launches. I mean, you got you got the not even the browser. All right, is was available at launch. Yep. And I I mean, it's not it's not like I care that much about the browser, but it's all about the approach they took. You know, you get on there, the the thing comes out. You get you got like a few games that are barely worth caring about, um, except for Street Fighter, and you got. No way to transfer your old games over, even though they announced it, right? They announced mm-hmm. it. That that type of thing should be there, you know, from a consumer perspective. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, we're entitled to this shit. I'm just saying that, like, look, if you want to make a good consumer experience, this is what you do. So that should have been there. There was no browser. There was no eShop. It was just like one of those things where it's just like, have you learned anything from what people were complaining about before? And obviously, the answer was not really. Or yeah, we learned it, but we we can't do anything about it. Right, we want you know? to make financials. Right, and you know, I understand that, but you know, the launch actually, like from what I was hearing, and I didn't like see any numbers on this, uh, because you know, MPD stopped really handing them out. But you know, all all the news outlets and and podcasts are saying the 3DS actually didn't launch up to expectations, and Nintendo no, came out and said that it didn't. So you know, something like. The, the feeling of, oh, it's a Nintendo system, people are going to buy it, is slowly waning. And granted, some of that's due to the fact that so many people are are content to play mobile games on their iPhones and their Android, but 
at you know when you think about that, then you also consider okay because that is happening, we need to step our game up, and they didn't. Right. Um. And so again, it, it's it's less about like the div- my problem with it is less about the device itself. I think the device itself is fine. It's more about the approach that they took to launching the hardware, and that's what it's all about. When you know when platforms come out, it's not all about the platform itself. It's also about the things surrounding it. So when Edu asks, you know, what's your opinion of the system three months in? Yeah, I think they fucked up, and you know. Great. Okay, so they had a good E3. You know, you got Star Fox, you got Mario Brothers, you got Kid Icarus. We we basically have all this stuff that we've seen before, and it goes to your point from last week of why don't I see something new? Mm-hmm. Right. I I couldn't give a shit if Luigi's Mansion is great. I mean, I'm going to get that. It looks good. I enjoyed the first one, not as much as you did. Not as I didn't. You know, I, there were pro- there were glaring problems with it that I think that you know could needed to be fixed, but I enjoyed right. it. But that still is like one of those like cool got new like to me it's like cool I got Luigi's Mansion not like holy shit you know like like this is exciting new thing that's coming out that that right, it's not like it's something we haven't seen before right and so uh, you know again I think I think originality and innovation you know are kind of overrated in the in the um in the landscape of you know executing something the right way. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you know, they don't think they don't ever think of anything new, so they suck. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, yes, it was good that all of these games are coming out, um, and they're trying to appease the fan base who are, who asked for all these same games to come out, which you know I kind of want to punch them in the face. <laughs> but really, I think for me, this is more of a okay, 3DS is getting some decent support rather than I'm really excited for what's coming down the pipeline. Like I'm not truly excited about any of these games. I'm not excited about Star Fox. I'm not excited about Kid Icarus for some reason. I, I don't, like, it looks good and I'm looking forward to it. I'm just not excited by it. I'm not excited by Luigi's Mansion and I'm sure as hell not excited by Mario Kart. I mean, oh, well, I've had... Yeah. A, Mario Kart is just Mario Kart in 3D. Yeah, it's always gonna be, and with, with a hang glider in the motor on the underwater, yeah, I get still that. Mario but still, Kart it's Mario Kart. I'm not excited about Ace Combat. I'm not excited about Tetris. The only two games that I could legitimately sit here and say, you know what, I'm actually looking forward to seeing these guys are the new Mario Brothers and Resident Evil Revelations. And maybe Snake Eater 3D. Maybe. But I've never been a Metal Gear Solid head anyways. Yeah, and so, as, as you said, it wasn't all that good anyway. He saw yeah. it. But, like, you know, it, and so for the past three months, I it's kind of pathetic. Like, I, I would carry my 3DS around with me everywhere, but for the sole purpose of picking up street passes mm. and and just playing Street Fighter because there was nothing else to do on it on, from a 3DS level. I mean, like, yeah, I could play backwards compatible games, but I'm not really counting that. Um, and going forward, like, when are all these things coming out? Not till hot holiday or into summer, right? Some in September, I think. But most of them are November, December. Right. So, great. They announced it, but it's not here yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So now we're um, still stuck with two games for the rest of the year. We're stuck with two games and maybe Ocarina. Oh right, right, right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting convinced that I should give it another shot. Um, because again, I was watching some of the upres, uh, upres. I was watching some of the gameplay footage of Ocarina on 3DS, and it looks much better. And a mm-hmm. big problem that I had with the original Ocarina was not, well, not anything to do with the game itself, which I thought was great. It just, it literally made me sick playing it because of the you know the N64 textures and all that like I actually kind of got sick um mm-hmm. playing trying to play that 
Um, but yeah, you know, Ocarina is there, and I, I guess Dead or Alive is out, but... Eh, yeah, who needs another you know, fighting game at the moment? I mean, it, it's Dead or Alive is one of those, um, you know, Ghost Recon or Monkey Ball or Street Fighter, uh, Ridge Racer games that I get just because it's out there, and it's something yeah, different. Yeah. And I don't play Dead or Alive normally, so it would be a nice thing it would be a nice thing for me to have an experience because you know i don't play it that much and you know learn the system a little bit but you know again it's like i don't i'm not hankering for it you know right i Um, I wish that splinter cell was better then that would be a game to get oh splinter cell's out it's been out i didn't know that yeah it wasn't really uh reviewed well that's a shame yeah um but yeah it's just you know um let me and let me read the question again to make sure that okay how right i mean so the question of how do i feel about it now same you know an e3 look an e3 presentation is not going to change my opinion on anything unless what they're presenting and what i'm supposed to be looking forward to is coming soon yeah you know what i mean like i can be excited for the future but that doesn't mean that i'm excited for it now and so you know if i were in if I were in Edgy's position of, okay, all these things look great, I might actually get one now, my reaction would be, I might actually get one, but I'm still not getting one now. Because this stuff that I'm looking forward to is not out now. Mm-hmm. And like, this I is might not... just get one when the stuff is available. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it, instead of saying, I might get one now, it's saying, now I might get one, period. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that, um... oh, I lost my train of thought again. Oh, god damn it. God damn you, Al. <laughs> Me, I I am blaming you because I have no one else to blame. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like um, you know, the, there's yeah, there's there's something to be excited about for some people, but that doesn't mean like it doesn't mean you should get it now. And oh, I remember what I was gonna say. It's not like it's a Nintendo system. It's not like they're gonna be like, well, you know, we're only gonna sell. You know, we're only gonna have like five hundred thousand in stock, so you better buy it now. Like no, they're, they're, it's gonna be out there. There's no reason why you should rush out to get one now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just you know, I, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or anything like that. You know, you know, these games sound good. Again, not excited, but they sound good, and I'm glad that they're coming out with more stuff. You know, actually, oh, Cave Story 3D. That's something that you know I've heard a lot of good things about Cave Story. So yeah, I'll, I'll be interested in that. I'm just saying that while E3 was great and all, it only matters when. You know, when it comes down to a purchasing decision and how you feel about something, really all it comes down to is what's coming soon. And by soon, I mean like, like in the in the next like month or so that you would actually sit down and say, okay, I am going to invest in this platform now because anything could happen between now and the now and September or now in the holiday season. A game gets pushed back. A game gets canceled. You, you never know. You know, mm-hmm. and so like all this stuff when when like the Wii was out there, and some people were like, "Oh, there's some interesting you know properties coming out there." It was like some innovative things, like like what was this game called, like Cold Mountain or something like that. I don't know. Some you know some of these games that were that were being you know rumored. Um, I know that like there there were these projects by Nibris or some other company that were like, oh, we're coming out with two games, like, one of them's called Sadness, and it's gonna be blah blah blah, and people are like, oh, a new Wii property, and I'm just like, yeah, let's wait until the actual game comes out, like, stop, stop talking to me about how cool it sounds, and like, oh, they could be doing this, like, is it actually gonna come out? No, it's not coming out now, so I'm not gonna get my hopes up anymore, you know, it, it, it's just, maybe, maybe that's jaded, maybe that's cynical, but I'm sorry, you know, shit happens, 
and you know, once you're burned enough, like I, I'm not saying that I've been burned by Nintendo specifically. I'm just saying in general, like I've been tempering my expectations for what comes, even if like the presentations at E3 are all great. You know, even if like, even if like they were talking about how great the Vita could be and like all this other stuff, I'm like, great, this looks great, this looks exciting. But you know what? This isn't driving my purchasing decision. What's driving my purchasing decision is once the thing comes out, you know. And I and I and I look at it, and you know, I get a feel for it. Does it make sense to buy it? Now, that's ideal. In reality, because I'm very mob mentality, and because you went out and got a 3DS, and the other Austin went out and got a 3DS, and all these people <laughs> were like, "I got a 3DS," and that's why I, I got it because of that, not because I actually wanted it at that point in time. <laughs> you know, so I mean, like, but but you know, speak, speaking logically, you know, what should be driving it? My excitement is all right. It's here. It's it, you know it. It's here, and it's here now. And I see the launch lineup, and I've gotten a chance to look at it and gotten my hands on it. So now I know what I'm getting into. I'm not you know, going to sit there and be like, ooh, E3 presentation, touchscreen, all this weird shit, AT&T, awesome. You know, let's wait, wait, wait. I'll wait till it gets here. Um, and, you know, it's good, though, that, like, some people who are down on it are now excited. Um, but, like, let's, you know, don't, don't, you don't need to run out and go buy it now. That that's the biggest thing. Right. Um, I have no idea if that answered your question, or if, if or if that was the type of answer that you're looking for. But there you go. Hopefully, hopefully what? Hopefully that's it. Oh, hopefully, hopefully that was what was, okay. I, I thought you were gonna talk about DS. Hopefully they'll come out <laughs> with a surprise game tomorrow. Um, what was okay? So what is supposed to be out for the second launch window? Ocarina, yep. Dead or Alive, yep. What else? Uh, what is the second launch window? Now. Like, now, like there was a whole bunch of stuff coming out in June. There was? <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a whole bunch of stuff, but some stuff. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I'm going to just search the store. I'm searching, uh, uh, Toys R Us. Toys R Us has, let's see, all Nintendo 3DS games, top sellers, what's new, view all. Spider-Man Edge of Time. Huh, okay. Um, I don't know. When is that supposed to come out? Oh, that's September. I uh, remember buying that DS Spider-Man game. The the one the one that came out after launch, not the launch game, but the one that had, like, uh, Carnage and Venom in it and was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then, like, Castlevania came out. Like, oh, I don't care about this game anymore. And I <laughs> it, was, it, um, it, was, it was during that era of, like, a lot of games that I would buy as holdovers for the real good games to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, I, that 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 was that is kind of what's what make makes me think Nintendo. Have you learned anything? Right. Have you learned anything from the days where Spider Man Two for the DS was your best launch game and it wasn't even that good? And Fizeme was like, you know what? I will say that my favorite game for the DS at launch is Spider Man Two, and I'm like, really? Okay, Reggie, good salesmanship. Like, no, that no. Um, Ready but for anyway, more? huh? Is it ready for more? Uh, is there if there is more? Yeah, there's sort of more. Uh, it's Transformers. <laughs> uh, there's Cartoon Network Punch Time Explosion, which on this site. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, let's see. What is this game supposed to be like? The best of Cartoon Network comes together in one epic battler, featuring cast of some Cartoon Network's most iconic shows. Uh, it's the network's first ever all-star brawler set. It's I guess it's like Smash Brothers. Let me see. Uh. Yeah, it's like a a 
beat 'em up brawler with Cartoon Network characters. Um, see Cubic Ninja, Deca Sports Extreme. Oh God, Deca Sports. Green Lantern, Rabbids Travel in Time 3D. Let's see, when is Mercenaries coming out? Uh, oh, Resident Evil Mercenaries. That's June 28th. Yeah. That, okay, that game I'm completely not excited about. Like, I'm actually the opposite of excited. Yeah. Um, somebody came out with a racing wheel for 3DS. I can't believe this. What? Yeah. Do you put the DS it, in the wheel? Yeah, you put the DS in the wheel, and you turn the wheel. Oh, help me. God, help me. $12. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Legos Pirates of the Caribbean, I think that came out earlier. There's no date on it, so I, I think that came out like early this month. <sighs> Man, that's it. Really, <laughs> everything else kind of came out. There's PS, Super Monkey Ball, Buster Move, Ridge Racer, Madden, Lego Star Wars. Oh, Ridge Racer's coming out! <gasps> I should yeah! get that. Uh, Nintendo. Ridge Racer. The hell's wrong with me? Wings. <laughs> uh, Sims Three, Ghost Recon, Dinosaur Force 3, the Sims Three, Rayman, Asphalt, Street Fighter. Samurai Warriors, Splinter Cell, SpongeBob, Dream Trigger, uh, which they said wasn't really that great of a game. Uh, Zoo Resort 3D, Pets Fantasy 3D, Pac-Man and Galaga Dimensions, and that's it. Oh, and Skylanders Spyro Adventure Starter Pack, which I don't... It's a game? Oh, it's coming out <laughs> at the end of the year, but it's like $70. For what? Uh, the game, a unique 3DS portal of power... A three Skylander character interaction figure Unique set. Unique 3DS portal of power. <laughs> a poster, trading cards, a sticker sheet, three web codes, AAA batteries, and a USB cable. What? what, what, what? I, I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> For seventy dollars, come on. You know. Okay, so you know what would get me excited if, and this is kind of lame because I just went through ranting about how like all the stuff on this list we've seen before. Mm-hmm. If a new 3DS Phoenix Wright came out this month, I'd be excited. Yeah, yeah, I'd be worried. But yeah. it's it's okay. So I'm looking at my shelf, okay, and okay. So the Street Fighter, and this is all my DS games, not not just 3DS. Yeah, okay, so Street Fighter 999 was original, but then Castlevania, whole bunch of Phoenix Wrights, whole bunch of Advance Wars, Asphalt. Um, I there there are very few original or rare properties on my DS shelf. The only kind of rare ones I would say are Elite Beat Agents, uh, Civ Rev, um, Dementium, and Professor Layton, which I would say it, since it was a new DS property, right? So yeah, like everything else is it's, it's a Metroid or it's a Mario or it's a Final Fantasy or it's a Castlevania of some sort. Um, I mean, and I'm not lamenting this or Zelda. I'm not lamenting this. These are there are a lot of great games that I have on my shelf, but it's just like. Um, you know, let's let let's see what else is out there. Let let's you know, let's put something else out. Let's let's and I'm going to kill myself in about a day for saying this. <laughs> but let's not go out and remake Final Fantasy V and Six and Three D. But instead, do something different. Yeah, why not? Actually, why I changed my mind. A, a I want to fucking see them remade in three D. What is wrong with me? <laughs> God damn it! I'm the problem. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. you said let's go out and remake Final Fantasy. V I said and let's VI? not and do yeah, something let's different. Not. Yeah, but now I do want them to do it. Oh, uh, I always want them to do it. Why don't we get a new RPG with maybe some new some something something that's new in terms of like maybe a battle system? Uh, 
Yeah, they could. Like, like honestly, I really wish they didn't name it Final Fantasy the whole, for the four uh, Heroes of Light. I wish they just called it the Four Heroes of Light. Yeah, but they had to put. They Final had to. Fantasy yeah, I understand. It. I had. They had to. So, I, you know, I'm cool with that. I, I I'll, I'll, I'll buy that as a, as an original property because, that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it had a very original um, feel to it as well. It, it, you know, having gone through the entire game, it definitely wasn't Final Fantasy. But it had a lot of Final Fantasy feel in it, but it definitely had, I mean, other than the fact that, wait, were there crystals in this game? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you I would know other, better because you finished it, but. Yeah, I just don't remember if there were. But other than the the possibility of there being crystals in the game, there really wasn't anything Final Fantasy about it. And that, you know, I like that. I like the, 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 the premise and so, the sort of originality of it. Right. But anyhow. Uh, shall we move on? Horse dead, beat it, take it a break, and now Al's gonna run the news reel for us. We will be right back. We are back, and we have been hacked. Al, by whom have we been hacked? Lulzack. Wait, we've been not saying what they actually sack. do. Like, I Nut mean, th- not that there's anything worth hacking from TryGames.net, but... <laughs> Says you! Oh. No, nothing. We suck. Well, uh, I'm just going to go through, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 links of articles, Ten? mostly from Kotaku, yes, holy shit, that are about the Lulsec rampage in early to mid June. Uh, this one is titled is from Owen Good and Kotaku, and it is titled "Hackers Who Hit Sony Now Breach Nintendo's U.S. Website." Of course, oh. we all know about Sony, uh, Sony Pictures, and Sony BMG. They were hit by Lulsec. They did not do the PSN outage. So Nintendo said today, which was June 5th, that hackers breached a server for its US website, but no customer information was compromised. Hacker group Lulsec claimed responsibility. Lulsec posted a server configuration file as proof of its involvement, yet it wasn't targeting Nintendo. We just got a config file and made it clear that we didn't mean any harm, the group said this morning via its Twitter. Nintendo oh, is that is that the is anyway. that the group where they were like? Because I heard on the news they're like Nintendo has been hacked, but there was no malicious damage done because the group said that they liked Nintendo too much. Exactly, or something. What I was say. Uh, they said yeah. Nintendo had already fixed it anyway. Love them. <laughs> uh, Lulsec claimed responsibility for earlier breaches of Sony Pictures and Sony BMG sites, posting databases of coupons, free download codes, and registration information of users who signed up at those sites. It also defaced PBS after its news magazine Frontline aired a story that wasn't 100% complimentary of WikiLeaks. Uh, I'm not going into the PBS thing. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, June 6th, Hacker Group says it snagged Sony Computer Entertainment's developer code. The hacker collective Lull Security isn't taking a break from its attacks on Sony simply because it's E3. This morning via Twitter, LulzSec bragged that it had compiled Sony Computer Entertainment's developer network source code. 
earlier in the week, LulzSec went after BMG, Nintendo Pictures, and uh, Nintendo Pictures, <laughs> Sony BMG, Sony Pictures, and Nintendo's USA website, which we already talked about. Right. June 6th, later on that day, low security, Sony hacker arrested. Oh. Uh, <laughs> from Brian Ashcraft. Uh, as hacker collectives low security claims, it snagged Sony Computer Entertainment's developer network source code, the newspaper, uh, newspaper, the Epoch Times, the Time Times. Anyway, report- <laughs> <laughs> uh, reports that one LulzSec member named uh, Robert Kavanaugh is cl- believed to be in FBI custody. The group frequently posts updates on Twitter at LulzSec, uh, providing updates and even taunting Sony. In late May, the Hacker Collective tweeted, Hey, Sony, we, you know we're making off with a bunch of your internal stuff right now. You haven't even noticed. Slow and steady, guys. Uh, following up, I think, I don't know if this is the same thing, but uh, Spanish police says three arrested in PSN hack attacks. Uh, Spanish police this morning say they have arrested three involved in hacking of Sony PlayStation Network. Now, let me just read a little bit further on this. This is not LulzSec. This is uh, anonymous-related uh, okay. because this is the PSN thing. But the arrests come after the FBI arrested the guy from LulzSec. So that's why uh. it was associated. Next. Dirt publisher Codemaster suffers major hack attack. This is June 10th. Personal data exposed by Steven Tillow Kotaku. UK-based video game publisher Codemasters emailed his customers today to tell them that the, customer, that the company suffered a major online security breach one week ago. Breach has exposed gamers' personal information. The Codemasters publisher of recent Dirt 3 and Operation Flashpoint Red River says payment information was not obtained. Unfortunately, Codemasters is the latest victim in ongoing targeted attacks against numerous game companies, the company said in email to customers today. We assure you that we are doing everything within our legal means to track down the perpetrators and take action to the full extent of law, which there's no news report about yet, so I guess they haven't done that yet. In their emails to customers, the company detailed the types of information that was accessed. That would be including customer names and addresses, email addresses, telephone numbers, encrypted passwords, and order history. Did you just do a Peter? What was that? Did you say accessed instead of accessed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Hyperball. I'm, I'm, I'm reading as quickly as possible. Hyperball. So like I'll fuck up words left and right Hyperball. because my mind is in my mind and my eyes are like a whole sentence down. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't want to read slowly Hyperball. today. Hyperball. Publisher says that on Friday, third June, unauthorized entry was gained to our Codemasters.com website as soon as the <laughs> did you just make fun of the Brits? Yes, unauthorized. Yes, no Z, S. Uh, as soon as the intrusion was detected, we immediately took Codemasters.com and associated web services offline in order to prevent any further intrusion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no Z, S. <laughs> uh, let's see. S is the proper way, though. I know, that's why I, it was funny. Uh, hacker gained access to Codemasters.com, webpage user redeemed VIP codes for Dirt 3, Codemasters eStore, database for online fan club code M, code M breached the, the part the code, the code M part of the breach. Do? I don't know. I'm trying to get to the end to see if there was any reason. Um, so the code mean. M part of breach has exposed the following members, names, usernames, password, uh, sorry, you, names, usernames, screen names, email addresses, date of birth, encrypted passwords, Newsletter preferences, any biographies entered by users, details of last site activity, IP addresses, and Xbox Live gamer tags are all believed to have been oh. compromised. 
whilst we do not have confirmation of, that any of this <laughs> data was actually downloaded onto an external device, we have to assume that as access was gained, all of these details were compromised and or stolen. Apologizing, they recommended the users change their passwords, anyone concerns can send an email. Codemasters took their website offline, redirecting it to his Facebook page, saying a new website will launch later this year. Uh, those wondering if they were affected would have received an email. So there's no word about why. It just happened. Uh, and now, let's see, this is from June 13th. Low security raids Bethesda Networks, the Bethesda oh, Softworks servers and U.S. Senate. What the? <laughs> this is from Gizmodo. <laughs> Sam Biddle yeah, because the, because Bethesda and the senators are in cahoots for real. The scurvy dogs <laughs> already. We've we've gone into uh, throwing muddy words at people, but Sam Biddle says the scurvy dogs aboard the SS Lulls have raided Bethesda Softworks servers oh. after unsuccessfully trying to extort a game info out of them. Ah well, a game for. In- a game info? No, no, no. Game info. Okay, I thought you said a game info. I might have because I might have read something <laughs> that I didn't read. Uh, I thought that maybe they were trying to extort a game out of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny too. Uh, they've also released a bunch of internal data from the U.S. Senate's website for further giggling. The Bethesda attack centered around FPS title Brink from which Lulsec plundered over 200,000 user accounts. Which from there, good. they went straight at Bethesda. And this uh, is a like a block quote, but I, I don't know if it's a quote. It says, after mapping their internal network and thoroughly pillaging all of their servers, we grabbed all their source code and database passwords, which we proceeded to shift silently back to our storage deck. Uh, out of the block quote, the server's data out in op- the server data's out in the open but Lulz is keeping the Brink user info private for now. All of this because they wanted more information about Skyrim. I mean, I guess it looks pretty good, but... uh. <laughs> and then there's the Senate leak. The small hack, quote-unquote, of Senate.gov, which appears to be a dump of the site's root directory, is basically just a mammoth list of file names, including such crazy gems as the underscore Senate underscore chamber underscore desks, dot htm and yellow underscore warbler dot jpg nothing yellow that will warbler. compromise national security but an embarrassment to the government's ability to safeguard itself for sure and no mention of how they got in to begin with but why the u.s senate they don't have any information on skyrim do they <laughs> lulsec explains we don't like the u.s government very much their boats are weak their lulls are low <laughs> their lulls are low <laughs> and their sites aren't very secure in an attempt to help them fix their issues, we've decided to donate additional lulls in the form of owning them some more. Oh, well, all right. It's going to be a late night for a couple of IT teams in D.C. area. Their lulls are weak. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, two days later, whoa, lull security just took on the CIA. Brian Barrett of Gizmodo says, Lulsec, that merry band of hackers is responsible for raids on Bethesda Softworks, the U.S. Senate, Sony, terrorists, and rival hackers... I haven't even Jesus. pulled up links on those two. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm just going to read the link here. Lull Security gives Sony a break today and takes down terrorist website. Okay. And Lulsec ha- hackers go to war with 4chan. Uh, okay. Uh, I can buy okay. that. Uh, has bagged maybe its biggest fish yet, the CIA. Lull Security 
announced via Twitter that they've taken down CIA.gov, which is, for the record, still incapacitated at that time, mm. um, a little before 6 p.m. EST. No details about their methodology, presumably DDoS. Wait, uh, do you know what I see at all this so far? What? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, man. Uh, or the motive behind or beyond the lulls. Which, really, who needs more inf- Who needs more reason than that to take on the intelligence wing of the government? More lulls? More lulls. At the rate lulls is going, their conquest will be Napoleonic before the summer's out. And at this point, it's hard to see how they'll be stopped short of a land war in Russia. Update. <laughs> Looks like there may have been a motive after all, albeit an unlikely one. Apparently, Lulsec was goaded into the CIA attack by random Twitterer Quadrapodicon, what? who repeatedly called Lulsec soft for attacking what he considered small fry targets. And good news, he's still not impressed. So don't be surprised if CIA.gov turns into a hosting service for Mama Cass GIFs <sighs> before this whole thing runs its course. For what? Mama Cats? Mama Cats from um, fucking uh, shit. I think Mamas and Papas or something. This big lady. Stop hacking! Please! Um, here we go. Uh, what the hell? Roving hackers? Oh shit. Okay, June 14th, which is day before, but this is on Kotaku. It's just basically like a, a, a headline. According to the Twitter updates, Lulsec has launched DDoS attacks. DDoS is distributed denial of service attack, where basically they send a denial of service, which is just so much information that the server can't handle anymore, right. uh, and they distribute it across multiple servers so that there's no redundancy. So, like, if there was a group of servers and if one server got taken down, the other server would, would come sure. up. They yeah. send it out so that none of the servers can take up that that slack. Uh, Lulsec has launched DDoS attacks either on purpose or as a side effect of a mass hack attempt that has taken down EVE Online, Escapist Magazine, and Minecraft, oh. proving conclusively that they hate everyone equally. Dude, what the fuck? June 16th, Bioware hacked, 18,000 accounts compromised. The, 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 you know, the category, like, Kotaku has categories, whatever, like I'm looking at the side is guest editorial, watch yeah. this, over mm-hmm. the edge, Nintendo. This, this one's called Please Stop. <laughs> uh, this one's written by Luke Plunkett. Plunk. Uh, Bioware, the creator of Mass Effect and Dragon Age, has had its servers raided by hackers, and the account details of around 18,000 customers have, been, uh, have potentially been lifted. Bioware's Aaron Flynn writes on the company forums, Yesterday, June 14th, we learned that a hacker gained unauthorized access to the decade-old BioWare community server system associated with the Neverwinter Nights forums. We immediately took appropriate steps to protect our consumers' data and launched an ongoing evaluation of the seriousness of the breach. Excuse me. We have determined that no credit card data was compromised, nor did we ever have or store sensitive data like social security numbers. <laughs> However, hackers may have obtained information such as user account names, kick, and However, hackers may have obtained information. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining you as like I'm imagining you reading this news like uh-huh. at a podium 
And then me, me and the audience are randomly going, and then you kicking from the podium when you say kick. And then <laughs> and just continuing kick. continuing to read like no, like like nothing ever happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> <For real. laughs> However, hackers may have obtained information such as user account names and passwords, email addresses, and birth dates of approximately 18,000 accounts, a very small percentage of total users. We have emailed those accounts those whose accounts may have been compromised and either disabled their accounts or reset their EA account passwords. If you did not receive an email from us or if your password still works for your email EA account email. EA accounts. Your username and password were not compromised. Nevertheless, changing your password regularly is always helpful to protect your account. Of course. We take security, blah, 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 blah. And uh, let's see. This we is take security ridiculous. with lulls. Uh, at the end of this article, uh, there are four links that each go, this is getting ridiculous. This is reports Sony knew the PSN leak was huge, just waited to tell you. Is is three arrested in PSN hack attacks. Uh, getting is dirt publisher Codemaster suffers major hack attack, personal data exposed. Ridiculous is roving hackers lolsec take down Minecraft, Skips Magazine, and EVE Online. We have one more link, and this is the Lulz Manifesto, more sec than Lulz. More uh, June 17th, which would be yesterday, uh, by Brian Barrett of Kotaku, uh, actually Gizmodo. In honor of its 1,000th tweet, they have fewer tweets than me, uh, <laughs> and on the heels of compromising the websites of the CIA, U.S. Senate, Sony, and more, the crew of the good ship Lulsec has presented the world with a manifesto of sorts. So who is Lulsec, and what is it they want? Surprisingly, and contrary Sex. to previous indications, they're not just in it for the lulls. <laughs> Instead, according to the document, Lulsec is here to remind you that internet security is, well, kind of a joke. Uh, and the link is to Gizmodo. It says, Sony sucks at security, but we all suck at passwords. Which 99% <laughs> that, of people that is probably true. do suck at passwords. Uh, Welcome, so this is password a, one. <laughs> Yeah, Welcome like your child's one. name, uh, your your last name, or your favorite place to go. It's just all letters, and it could be broken down with a brute force attack. Anyway, excerpt is, this is what you should be fearful of. Not us releasing things publicly, but the fact that someone hasn't released something publicly. We're sitting on 200,000 Brink users right now that we never gave out. It might make you feel safe knowing we told you so that Brink users may change their passwords. But what if we hadn't told you? No one would be aware of this theft, and we'd have a fresh 200,000 peons to abuse, completely unaware of a breach. End block quote. Not that Lulsec is claiming much of a moral high ground. They may not be pulling the trigger that we know of, but they, cle- but they gleefully supply the bullets. Next block quote. Watching someone's Facebook picture turn into a penis and seeing their <laughs> sister's shocked response is priceless. Receiving angry emails from the man you just sent 10 dildos to because he can't secure his Amazon password is priceless. You find it funny to watch havoc unfold, and we find it funny to cause it. We release personal data so that equally evil people can entertain us with what they do with it. And block. Whatever. Lulz. It's it's a particular, uh, sorry, it's a peculiar breed of internet nihilism in which nothing really matters and isn't that hilarious? Nothing really matters. The larger takeaway for you, though, is that you're vulnerable. Hack. We all are. And unless we drastically th- rethink the way we protect ourselves, which uh, is a link to it's time to abandon passwords, on the internet, 
uh, we are just sitting back, waiting until the USS Lulz points its cannons in our direction. Lulz. Now I'm, I need to see this. Uh, article on Gizmodo from yesterday. It's called, It's Time to Abandon Passwords. Uh, for months, there's been a steady trickle of sites getting hacked, followed by usernames and passwords being passed around publicly on the web. It's a real and growing problem that's just going to get worse. Fact, people use the same password on more than one site. So let's say a guy, let's say a list contains the username hello at gmail.com with the password abcd1234. You know that username and password isn't just used on the site that's been hacked. It's incredibly common for people to have one password that they use pretty much everywhere because people are stupid. Or maybe it's just that coming up with good passwords is too tough. In a relatively short time, we've gone from needing a handful of passwords to needing them by the dozens. Think of all the logins you have. Creating unique, hard-to-crack passwords for all those sites is harder than a congressman from New York. Anthony Wiener joke! Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. So, of course, people wah, reuse passwords. Wah, wah. Probably should have said harder than an ex-congressman from New York, but I digress. Yeah, In fact, do. research done on two of the largest password exposures, Sony's and our own here at Gawker Media, found that two-thirds of people with accounts at both Sony and Gawker use the same password on both systems. Obviously, people are probably using those passwords for many other sites and services as well. Following the Gawker password dump, a lot of places took measures to try and protect exposed users. For example, LinkedIn queried the exposed email addresses against its own account database and disabled any matches. But of course, responsible websites trying to protect users aren't the only ones running cross-checks. So, All so sorts wait, of wait, other wait. people are doing the same thing. Hmm? Before, before we actually sit here and drain the entire article. So this group claims, besides the lulls, that they're, 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 try, they're, they're, they're taking the general, like, oh, we're hacking to show you where your holes are stance, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't – just stop. Like, I, um, I don't – I guess I guess maybe – if 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 there if if this is going on their resume, like I want to get hired by Bethesda, so that we could see Skyrim and then and then check out the I don't I don't fucking know. Well, I, I, all right. Would you like for me to just kind of quickly just quickly break down this manifesto, which is their I, I don't understand it. It's basically it's on Pastebin.com and it's like their thousand tweet statement, but it's not a tweet because it's fucking ten thousand times longer than a tweet, <laughs> but. The beginning basically says, Dear Internets, this is Lull Security, better known as those evil bastards from Twitter. We just hit a thousand tweets, and as such, we thought it best to have a little chit-chat with our friends and foes. Not your friends. Well, anyhow. Okay, foes, fine. (laughs) For the past month and a bit, we've been causing mayhem and chaos throughout the Internet, attacking several targets including PBS, Sony, Fox, porn websites, FBI, CIA, the U.S. government, Sony, some more, online gaming servers parentheses by request of callers not by our own choice and parentheses sony again and of course our good friend sony while we've gained many Wait, many did, did, did you just say sony again and our good friend sony yes sony again <laughs> and of course our oh good sony, friend sony bend they they included sony in this list four times okay uh okay. while we've gained many many supporters we do have a massive enemies albeit mainly gamers the main anti-Lulsec argument suggests that we're going to bring down more internet laws by continuing our public shenanigans and that our actions are causing clowns with pens to write new rules for you. But what if we hadn't released anything, and that was the thing I read, 
uh, before. Right, right, what right. if we were silent? That would mean we'd be secretly inside FBI affiliates right now, inside PVS, inside Sony, watching, abusing. Uh, do you think every hacker announces everything they've hacked? We certainly haven't, and we're damn sure others are playing the silent game. And do you feel safe with all your accounts? They mentioned Facebook, Gmail, Skype. What makes you think hackers are silently sitting inside of these right now, sniping out individual people and perhaps selling them off? You are a peon to these people, a toy. It it, it makes them sound like, like, I mean, I guess in a in in another sense they are kind of heavy-handed, like big, you know, wise guy kind of guys. Right. But in the real world, they have no strength. <laughs> Uh, this is what you should be fearful of, not us releasing publicly, you know, that's the thing I read before, da da da. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, there's always the argument that releasing everything in full is just as evil, what with accounts being stolen and abused, but welcome to 2011. This is the Lulz Lizard era, where we do things just because we find it entertaining, and there's the penis face, Facebook thing, da 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 I read. Uh, most of you reading this love the idea of wrecking someone else's online spirits anonymously. It's appealing and unique, and there are no two account hijackings that are the same. No two suddenly enraged girlfriends with the same expression when you admit to killing prostitutes from her boyfriend's recently stolen MSN account. And there's certainly no limit to the lulz lizardry that we all partake in on some level. And that's lulz all there is wizardry? To it. Is that what they said? Lulz lizardry. Lizardry. Yeah. Okay, so they're lizards now. Yeah, they're apparently lulz lizards. Um, and that's all there is to it. That's what appeals to our internet generation. We've, we are attracted to fast-changing scenarios. We can't stand repetitiveness, and we want our shot of entertainment, or we just go and browse something else, like an unimpressed zombie. Nah, 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 nah. Anyway, uh, nobody is truly causing the internet to slip one way or the other. It's an inevitable outcome for us humans. We find we nom nom nom. We move on to something else that's yummier. We've been entertaining you 1,000 times with 140 characters or less, and we'll continue creating things that are exciting and new until we've, we're brought to justice, which we might well be. But you know, we just don't give a living fuck at this point. You'll forget about us in three months. Oh, you'll forget about us in three months' time when there's a new scandal to gawk at or a new shining thing to click on via your 2D light-filled rectangle TV. Or monitor, I guess. <clears throat> People who can make things work better within this rectangle have power over others. The white hats who charge $10,000 for something we could teach you how to do over the course of a weekend, providing you aren't mentally disabled. This is the internet, where we screw each other over for a jolt of satisfaction. There are peons and lulz lizards, trolls and victims. There are losers that post shit they think matters, and other losers telling them their shit does not matter. In this situation, we are both of these parties because we're fully aware that every single person that reached this final sentence just wasted a few moments of their time. <laughs> Thank you, bitches. Law security. <laughs> yeah. You played right into the trap. Oh, wait. So did everyone else listening. All two of you. How crafty. Well, that you made suck. for a good podcast. Not you, them. Uh, what did you say? We, I said that made for a good podcast. Oh, yeah. Are we finished? <laughs> yes, Yes, stop hacking, or at least, like, I don't know. You know, you know what, I honestly, like, I, I think I, I, I was more mad at the whole potential anonymous thing, because we still don't know for sure if that was them or not, than mm-hmm. I am about this. Like, this is just kind of ridiculous, but, you know, I, I, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but they, they do have a point. Like, it's stupid to, to do all this, but if they're not, you know, doing anything with all that shit... um. And, you know, the idea is that, like, well, we're ha- – number one, we're just fucking around, and two, 
like, look at your security holes. What is wrong with you? Fix it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can't get that, you know, up in arms about it. But seriously, that is kind of ridiculous. I don't fucking know. Anyway, yeah, I think we're done. Yeah, I think I'm going to change my passwords now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so any last words besides changing your password? Uh, well, not really, but I'll tell you this much that, uh, I'm going to go change my passwords and, uh, I, yeah, so I'm going to go play some games too. I'm going to change my password. I'm going to change some more passwords after that. Change some more. (laughs) I changed somebody else's passwords when I'm done changing mine. (laughs) You're going to hack into their password and change it. Yeah, you're, might you're as well. just I'll, as bad as lulz. I'll do some lulz second myself. Yeah, well, you know, when we're not, you know, changing passwords or lulzing, we can be found doing this. You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? Uh, I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Um... There's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh, yeah. I have a band. and uh, He has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com, R-O-C-A-F-U-E-R-T-E, musica, with ne at the end, mm-hmm, dot com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and you can find their album, Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very On the barely. Amazon.com barely amazon.com mp3 downloads list make sure to, that make sure that you choose mp3 downloads there's other places too iTunes uh, Spotify Zoom uh, supposed to be Rhapsody but who knows uh, anywhere where your digital media is served you should find us excellent Pete where do you live twitter.com slash Riven that's R-Y-V-V-N R-Y-V-V-N and if you like don't you- alcoholics talking about video games and movies you should follow me on twitter Follow him on Twitter at ryvvn.com slash twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no That's other the only place to live. No other place is important. Okay. And you can find me, obviously, at Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also, obviously, visit us at trygames.net at trygames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com. Uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net, or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit friends of the site. You can visit our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com, the other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us, and we're both awesome at Austin D Light. Dot com Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friend of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. And that's where we could be found doing... St- <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, yeah, so that's where you can find us. Um, that, this is, this has gone to shit. 
Okay, I think we're done. So Al. Yeah. For Al. I have been your host, Donkey Kong. We're gone.